the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I just heard Gerald Nadler abusing Attorney General Barr. Shame on you at the end. And you know what the alleged shame of the Attorney General is? The reason that the DOJ is sending in people to try to stem some of the violence against federal property and officers is to help the Trump re-election campaign. So it's the official Democratic Party position not to send in federal troops to guard against the destruction of federal property, like a federal courthouse. that to do so is 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 a deliberate effort of the of the department of justice's part to get involved in politics so as to reelect the president I told you truth is not a left wing value mr nadler exemplifies that rule the shame is on him and his party You'll find this of interest, my my dear listeners. My last column, well, actually, my my latest column is up today. Anti-Americanism is the new anti-Semitism. You'll find it very interesting. I'll talk about that later. But last week's column, five, uh, five arguments against the charge that America is a racist society. It was printed in the Jewish Journal, among many other places. So uh, the editor of the uh, journal uh, forwarded me a letter that he received from a man who said that if they print Dennis Prager, he will cancel his subscription and urge all others in his life to cancel their subscription. So I, of course, there was not, there were no arguments. It was just the existence of a Dennis Prager in a Jewish journal is uh, is just not tolerable. No one who differs with the left should be published, and especially an effective spokesman, which I am. I demolish the the phoniness of that cause. It is communism under a new name. That's all it is. Not liberalism, leftism. So anyway, I told the editor, tell the man I invite him on to my radio show. He can tell millions of people why I am unworthy of being published in the Jewish Journal. 
Do you now, if you were a betting man, living martyr, would you bet that he'd come on? It's an interesting question. You bet he wouldn't. I'll bet he was shocked. All right, look, you know why. You you folks, you listeners have heard me say often when people write uh, utterly irrational, hate-filled things, God, would I love to interview them, right? I always say that, and it's true. I'd love to interview any of these protesters. Not protest. Well, the pro- yes, any of the protesters and any of the rioters. A, a distinction that the Democrats are seeking to obl- uh, obliterate. I would love to interview these people. Now, are you ready for a thought? Here's a thought. I'll, I'll use you uh, because you don't know what I'm about to say. When the left points to countries that do better than the United States for its people, whom do they choose? Name name countries that they pick as examples of a better society than America. Denmark, Denmark, Sweden, Sweden, Norway. Right? What is the percentage of white people in those countries? 95%? Why isn't it racist? The best countries in the world are almost all white according to the left if that's not if that's not under their definition of racism racist i don't know what is right? yeah you see let me explain something what the left has done left wants to destroy this country and and its founders and it always has. The, the, the world left has hated America, as I've said, for decades, and the American left is no different. So they say diversity is our strength, right? They, they, the more diverse ethnically, racially the United States is, the better, correct? Diversity is a blessing, to which I've always answered, it's only a blessing if they unite as Americans. Otherwise, it, it, it could spell the end of the society as one united states. It's, so what it turns out is diversity is a blessing to the left because that way they can rip asunder the United States. If they wanted to Americanize, which I would like to do, everyone of every color, of every ethnicity, of every nationality, of every religion, I would like everyone to identify as American, to stand up for the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If they that, but they don't want to do that. So this grand experiment in the most diverse country in the world is going to fail if the left succeeds. Diversity is a blessing only 
if you believe in e pluribus unum, from many one. Anyway, next time uh, your uh, left-wing cousin, brother-in-law, raises Denmark, Sweden, Norway, say, you know, they're 95% white. Isn't that a racist thing of you to point out? That these all-white countries are the best ones? Just a thought. One eight Prager seven seven six Michael Walsh, who is just a terrific thinker. Matt Walsh. Well, Walsh. Oh yeah, this, so this is Matt who did this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. They're both terrific. Yeah. Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire. I looked up every case of an unarmed black man shot by cops in 2019. Here's the truth: the left is hiding. Okay. First, to put the statistics into perspective, it's helpful to begin with the overall number of arrests. According to the Department of Justice, police make about 10 million arrests each year. As a rough average, 7 million of the arrested suspects are white and 3 million are black. Out of that number last year, 25 unarmed white people were killed by police, compared to 14 unarmed black people according to the Washington Post database of police shootings. That means about point zero 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 four percent of all blacks arrested were killed while unarmed. The percentage of for whites is comparable. In total, 1,000 people were shot and killed by police in 2019, the vast majority of whom were armed. Still, that's a mere point zero one percent of all arrests. Now, the numbers aren't exactly the same every year, of course. For example, the Post says 22 unarmed black people were killed in 2017, compared with 31 white people. But the percentages don't change very much. Also, we should acknowledge that the numbers vary depending on what source you use. USA Today cites a crowdsourced database that has 25 unarmed blacks killed in 2019. However, a look at the individual cases in that database shows that they count as police shootings any shooting involving a police officer on or off duty. We're going to put this up. You will have every single unarmed black, the story, briefly up. It's from the Daily Wire. The Dennis Prager Show. President Trump really wants to give you a signed 2020 Make America Great Again hat. He wants to make sure the lucky winner is one of his top supporters. Be sure to enter soon because this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. This offer is only going to a select group of supporters and you're one of them. All you have to do is text Prager to 88022-88022 today for your chance to win a signed 2020 Make America Great Again hat. P-R-A-G-E-R Prager to 88022. Join President Trump in the fight to keep America great for four more years. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire looked up every case of an uh, of an unarmed black killed by a policeman in 2019. A grand total, by the way, out of 10 million arrests. I mean, it, it is an astonishingly small number. Uh, if if you actually care about truth and morality. 
Right. No, no, that's the point. That's his point. Not unarmed doesn't mean not, not, not attacking, not aggressive. So, again, the number which he got from the Washington Post is 25 unarmed whites were killed, 14 unarmed blacks. This country is having convulsions created by the left over that number. It is truly evil. I looked up all 14 cases included in the post-2019 database. A few are straightforwardly unjustified. A Tatiana Jefferson was shot while sitting inside her mother's home. The officer, by the way, has been charged with murder there. Officer Carmen de Cruz in Texas fatally shot a man named Michael Dean. Body cam footage apparently shows that de Cruz accidentally discharged his firearm while trying to confiscate Dean's car keys during a traffic stop. De Cruz has been charged with manslaughter. Both of these cases are clearly unjustified, and both officers have received criminal charges. Most of the rest of the cases, however, are either far from clear-cut or clear-cut in the other direction. Christopher Whitfield was shot allegedly during a scuffle with police after trying to steal from a convenience store. A grand jury cleared the officer of any criminal wrongdoing. Joseph Richardson of Louisiana was shot by Officer Vance Montranga during a a no-knock drug raid at a Budget 7 motel. Richardson was unarmed and shot in the back of the head. Deputies on the scene said Richardson turned and reached for his waistband. Matranga was not charged. Officer Giovanni Crespo was indicted for aggravated manslaughter for shooting Gregory C. Griffin during a car chase. Crespo says he thought Griffin pointed a gun at him. Body cam footage shows Crespo jump out of his police cruiser. Another officer was driving and fire multiple shots at the fleeing police. Officer Sum Kim shot and killed Jimmy Atchison while trying to arrest him for allegedly stealing a cell phone at gunpoint. Atchison was backed into a broom closet at the time of the shooting. These six shootings range from outrageous to questionable, but they are still only six out of the approximately three million black suspects arrested in 2019. Half of the officers have been charged with crimes, so it's not as though cops are even given legal license to kill on a whim. Only one of these cases is murder. Two might be manslaughter. You could potentially make an argument for manslaughter in the other three cases, though the officers weren't charged or were cleared. At any rate, in none of these cases is there any reason whatsoever to suspect white supremacy is a motivation. The last officer mentioned isn't even white. And what about the other eight unarmed shootings in 2019? This is where the unarmed designation really confuses matters. Melvin Watkins was shot by a sheriff's deputy after Watkins' family called 911 to report that he'd become violent and they feared for their safety. When officers arrived on the scene, Watkins allegedly tried to run them over with his car. Multiple witnesses and videos support this version of events. So it's now unarmed if you try to run officers over with your car. 
Just want to make that clear. After all, he doesn't have a gun on him. He only has a, a, a car. Knoxville police officer Dylan Williams was cleared of any wrongdoing by the DA after fatally shooting Chanara Feep last summer. Five eyewitnesses plus video evidence and dash cam footage confirmed that Feep assaulted Williams, choked him, grabbed his taser, and used it on him. Ryan Twyman was shot by police attempting to arrest him for possession of illegal firearms. Security camera footage shows Twyman driving away with an officer trapped by his car door. The other officer on the scene opened fire, fearing for his partner's life. Kevin Pudlick was killed by police during a car chase. The driver of the car Pudlick was in, Christopher Lee Calvin, nearly pinned an officer between his car and a concrete wall. Cops on the scene finally opened fire when they believed Calvin was intentionally trying to ram into the officer. Finally, Isaiah Lewis, a black teenager, was shot by police after pouncing on an officer and knocking him unconscious, but he was unarmed. And for that, we have all of this attack on police. As if police brutality and racism is just the norm. And now we have the, uh, the, the scene of what's happening in football and baseball. Names of these people. The very, very, very few unarmed shot by police. And uh, they're martyrs to the cause of racism and police racism in America. If you care about America or the police, I don't know how you can watch a baseball game now. There has to be blowback or or it, it, it's the sport has ended as a sport. It's a left-wing message center. Because after all, people are not sufficiently brainwashed at school, at high school, at college, through the media, through the arts, through their work. The left hasn't sufficiently gotten its message across, right? You haven't attended any diversity sessions. They're ruining the country. They're ruining sports and everything else. My insight that everything the left touches it destroys is making its way through the the consciousness of many Americans. And yet, Americans, not understanding what a rare thing the United States is, a unique attempt to make a multiracial, multi-ethnic country function as one country, is being used to destroy it. There is no other such experiment in the world. That's why I I reminded you, when your left-wing friends use Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, tell them how racist their choices are. They're 95% white. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Some of you may remember the story made, I wouldn't say national headlines because the mainstream media didn't want to report it, but it made national headlines outside of the mainstream media. 
a psychologist in New Hampshire, a Democrat, just decided one day earlier this year, I think it was in January, February, right before the lockdown. Notice I say lockdown, not COVID. Lockdown was volitional. COVID is nature and China. It's a combination of the two. In any event, uh, her story uh, became went viral because she saw a lot of decent people at a Trump rally, and she was shocked as a Democrat. To her great credit, she was open-minded enough to actually examine the data. Well, we contacted her, and she's made this week's video for PragerU. And the name of it is, where is the name of it? The Rally That Changed My Mind. There it is. I wouldn't be caught dead at a Donald Trump rally. I mean, come on. I've given money to Bernie. And yet there I was, February 2020, listening to the President of the United States address a crowd of 11,000 supporters. How in the world did that happen? Well, it all started with knitting. I knit to relax, to escape the drama of real life. But like almost everything nowadays, even knitting has become political, to the point that only those with politically correct views are welcome in the online knitting forums. You think I'm kidding. I wish I were. But I'm not. All right. We'll now talk to the woman, the heroine of the story. And she's, uh, she's terrific. We haven't met, except over the phone, but I feel like I know her. Carlin Borisenko. Carlin, welcome, I guess, back to the Dennis Prager Show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Dennis. How do you like your video? I love it. And I have to tell you, I was so nervous when you all first approached me with this idea. I was excited and nervous because I wanted the story to be told correctly. And I remember when I first received the script right before we filmed it, I almost cried. I was so happy with it. And I think the video just turned out great. Yeah, you're charming. You really are. I mean, you come through with such personality and life in the video. It got a half over a half million views the first day yesterday that's overwhelming <laughs> that that's what is the population of new hampshire do you know <laughs> i think it, i i want to say it's a little over a million but i think i might be overestimating i'm not uh-huh. sure exactly well if, it, if it's that small there's no i mean there will be more people will see your video this week than that live in new hampshire <laughs> it's so you know it, it, it it's funny when my article originally came out and, um, you know, it started going viral and it got up over 3 million views. And my husband said to me, he said, 1% of the country has watched your or read your article. And I think I had a panic attack. I was like, oh my goodness, the scale was overwhelming. <laughs> yes, he was right. How is he reacting to all this? You know, my husband is, he's the perfect match for me in that he's very laid back and just takes everything in stride. And he's never wanted to kind of like be out in the public like this. And so he's completely fine with me doing it as long as he gets to kind of relax and do his thing. Right. I get it. So uh, the the $64,000 question, uh, and it may be, it may be a painful one. I, I don't know, but I, I feel it important to ask. How have friends and relatives reacted? 
Um, you know, not great to be honest. I still I, I I texted the video to my mother yesterday and basically had to force her to watch it and she was not really pleased with it. She thinks I'm cavorting with the enemy and I've lost a lot of friends in this whole journey. But, you know, on the flip side to that, people have been so welcoming and I've made so many new friends in the process that it's it's okay. You know, I under the the family stuff is harder for me. But the reality is that I have so many people around me who are welcoming and supportive that I can't feel too sorry for myself. You're special. You really are. Now, you're a psychologist? I am. Yep. So are you, a, are you a clinical psychologist? Do people, people visit you uh, for, for therapy or, or some other no. form? No, thankfully, I am not a clinical psychologist. I'm actually an organizational psychologist, so I work mostly with businesses. And the reason I say thankfully is because right now the American Psychological Association is undercover going after licensure of people who are speaking out like I did. So I would be in a lot more trouble right now professionally if I practice the type of psychology. Well, wow, this I have to hear. I have. Oh, you have opened my mind to this. All right, anyway, the video is up at uh, PragerU. We're going to have a speak more with Carl in a moment. All right, everybody, I just want to uh, remind you, I'm speaking to a terrific woman, Carlin Borisenko in New Hampshire, whose story so touched us. We had her on the show. Her story went viral, three million, as you heard. And now we've made a PragerU video. You can see her in her uh, full personality mode uh, on uh, on this video. She attended a Trump rally really sort of as a lark uh, because she's a lifelong Democrat. That, see, that that is why you, I want to get back to the American Psychological Association, Carlin, but I just w- want to make clear, as, as many, of course, of my listeners know, this is why they fear any exposure to us, because any open-minded person will be touched by our decency uh, and, uh, and the rationality of our positions. So it's important to, to defame us, otherwise they have to confront our ideas and our decency. You confronted it, and it obviously had the the impact that it did. All right, back to the American Psychological Association. What are they doing? So I have now heard a few interesting facts from multiple people who are not, who are not related to each other so far as I know. The first thing that I've heard is that there are groups of academics that are actively petitioning the APA to not allow people who are Republicans or have high-level connections within the Republican Party to gain licensure to practice as professionals. That's one thing. Um, the other thing that I've heard, and again, this is through the grapevine, but from multiple sources at this point, is that the APA is actively inhibiting the publication of research that it feels is too pro-law enforcement. So I heard that I've, second one as well. It's ah. Yes, it's interesting. I did not hear the first one. Neither surprises me. The American Psychological Association has been run by the left and poisoned, therefore. Uh, for quite some time, in, uh, basically much of my life, 
So this, uh, their their position on whether or not a parent can say to a three-year-old child who says, you know, I'm a girl if he's a boy, well, you know what, you're really a boy. Uh, that is considered uh, by the American Psychological Association as child abuse. Yeah, and I'm I'm very lucky again in that um, the the type of psychology I do, industrial organizational psychology, I don't really have that much contact with the APA. But when I'm talking, I've been talking a lot to law enforcement officers lately. That um, there are a couple in particular that have gone back to school for psychology and are trying to get papers published and to hear stories of how they're treated in an academic setting. I mean, I had. One person I was talking with just the other day who, once her classmates found out that she was a law enforcement officer, actively tried to have her kicked out of the class. And it's just, it's, it's so, it's, it's insane. We have descended into madness. That's right, we have. So the good side, I mean, I, I feel for you on the relatives issue. What does your mother think? I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not bad-mouthing or even implying that. I, I, I am a religious person who believes you honor your parents, even if you have political mm-hmm. differences. But wh- what does she think happened to you? I don't think that she knows, really. And I and I want to say, too, just to, to echo that, my mother is a very good woman. I'm, I'm not trying to put her down at all. But the reality and you're not, is... And you're not putting her down. <laughs> yes, go on. <laughs> but the reality is, is that she doesn't follow what's going on in the world as closely as I do. I mean, she's retired. She's kind of kicking back. And I really think that she does not understand how much the Democratic Party has changed because she watches Rachel Maddow all the time. She watches MSNBC all the time, CNN. So she's being fed the media line about what's going on, which, of course, as we know, bears little resemblance to what is actually going on. That's right. So how has this affected you? I mean, this is a serious transformation. I, I think it's affected me um, mostly in positive ways, to be honest. I feel, you know, I, I kind of got kicked out of the political closet with my article going viral. It certainly was not something that I expected when it happened. And it was terrifying when it did, frankly. I, all I was thinking about was how it was going to affect my business and my practice and was I going to lose clients and would I be able to even find clients and survive financially. But the reality is, is that several months later, I I gained a freedom to be able to say what I wanted to say and not to fear the consequences of it because I've already been through the fire on this one. And I found that there there absolutely has been pushback um, from the left to me, but I find that the more I stand my ground and I say what I think and I don't bend the knee to what they want me to do, uh, the more the happier I am and, frankly, the more they leave me alone. That's exactly correct. The worst thing you can do is stand there and say, oh, I'm so sorry, because you, when you didn't do anything wrong. Well, you know what? I want you to know a lot of my listeners say that you know I give them hope, and I hope I do. I want you to know that you give me hope. Oh, well, thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that. It's from the heart. Thank you so much. You're a special person. You can see her a video up at the Prager U. It's very powerful. The Dennis Prager Show. Yes, hi, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager, and it is good to be with you. Civilizations are saved by individuals. 
It's so rare that a large movement does good. It takes it takes courage. It takes well, that's it. It takes courage to fight the mob. The left is a mob. I mean, when you heard this woman, did, did you hear a mean-spirited human being? Everything they accuse us of is what they are, and and there's a reason for that. I learned this in my late twenties. I was the director of a, of a religious educational institute. Well, educational institute. That was anyway a Jewish educational institute. That was my first job. So I came to California. Uh, a member of the board said to me, "He's a nice guy," and he said to me one day, "You know." Everybody I deal with in business is a crook, wants to cheat me. And I realized it was a big realization. He actually cheated people as part of the way he conducted business. He was a ruthless businessman. So he assumed everybody was like him. When the Democrats shout all of these things about about the right, they it's like when they say every white is racist. Or they're acknowledging they're racist, and they are. But not every white is racist. It, it is as vile as it is stupid. Every white is a racist? They're simply projecting themselves onto other whites. I dissent from that. 100% dissent from it. Closed-minded? There's no one as closed-minded as the left. Nobody. I don't know anyone on the right who is as close. I'm sure they exist, but I don't know any. Fascist? What is happening now in, in, in the streets of all these cities, the violence? And they're called protesters? They're never called rioters. The New York Times calls them protesters. Protesters set fire yesterday to the, this uh, building in, in, in whatever city it is. Yes, my friends. Watch that uh, video. You'll love it at PragerU.com. We continue. We continue. 